Hello and welcome back to another episode of RSF Radio. I am your host Joe Monday and this is the podcast where we talk about what's been going on on the front page of our Street Fighter and the FGC at large. Uh, it's mostly turned into an interview show uh, as of late. I don't know why I keep saying that. It's, it, I mean, these things do show up on the front page of things, but it's mostly an interview conversation show. And with that in mind, I have a very special guest today, the Icy Glacion. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, before I, we get into things, I always like to, at the top of the show, let the guests go on about, you know, whatever they have going on. Like, if there's anything that you want to pitch to, uh, bring up socials now, like, now's the time, so people can't avoid it. It's the start of the show. Um, in terms of what I'm up to, uh, I've just been traveling a lot, um, spoiling my bearded dragon. Uh, in terms of socials, uh, you can find me on pretty much every single platform, either under Icy Glacian or the Icy Glacian, if someone stole my tag. So that's pretty much that. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, PSN, everything you can pretty much imagine. I've just gone in on some websites and just claimed it just for impersonation sake. So pretty much everything. Is there anything that you've been working on or anything that is coming up that you want to throw people to? Uh, outside of my own event, uh, Michigan Masters 2020 Perfect Vision, uh, not much. Uh, I've actually stepped back from working on quite a few things, and right now, uh, Michigan Masters has been my full, has my full attention. I'm usually working on it, like, every single night. All right. Well, I do want to talk about Michigan Masters, but first, before I ask you that question, I want to... Fuck, here's, hmm, no, I'm not going to do it. Here's the transition that came into my head, and I'm going to say it out loud, but because I, if it was natural, it would have sounded bad, and it's going to sound bad as I do. I was going to say, let me break the ice and talk about your favorite Pokemon. Uh, how are you liking Oh, new, How are you new? Oh, you want to have this conversation? Justin Wong, uh. are you listening? You want to know about my favorite Pokemon? <laughs> it's Gengar. Oh shit! I did not expect that answer. Uh, yeah, I neither did Justin Wong. The handle, uh, but damn, Gengar. What? Here's my follow-up question to that: Why Gengar instead of Haunter? So much cooler. Haunter is really cool. Uh, I like him, but he's not as huggable as Gengar. Gengar is big ghost blob boy that I just want to cuddle up and snuggle with. Oh, okay. So it's like a, it's a. It's a cuddly thing, okay? Because Haunter not not cuddly, like decidedly not cuddly. decidedly not cuddly. Phantom, uh, <laughs> and you cannot hug. You will go right through him. Gengar though, big bot, he big boy. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't. Re- Here's the thing about modern Pokemon that you don't realize is the size of, of things. Like 
in my mind as a child growing up, and I don't know if this was you as well, but I was like, Charizard, that's like a huge, like, 10 foot, maybe like 15 foot tall fucking dragon. And then you see it in the video game and it's like the size of a a 15 year old boy or girl. And it's like, oh, that's... Mm -hmm. That's a tiny dragon. This is that's underwhelming. <laughs> that's underwhelming. But then Gang big. Gengar big. Gengar <laughs> mad big. I love Gengar. it. Uh Glaciod, the evolutions are actually really big too. Uh, I'm not sure if you know, but there are life size plushies of these Pokemon. And I saw them while I was in Japan. And don't get me wrong, I do love Glaceon. Was very sad. I could not take one of these home. But um, I'm short. I'm five foot three, and the life size Glaceon sitting down was really big. Like it came up to my torso with the ears. I was just like, "Oh, you're large." Yeah, you you go big dog. You you big, big boy. <laughs> No, the the EVs are cool, uh, and I personally have been over the break. I took a lot of time off of this podcast and like our Street Fighter in general. And in that time, I just played a fuck ton of Pokemon, and mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Yeah, uh, the new game is really good. Actually, I like it a lot. How do you feel about it? I really liked the new game. Um, I went into it with like really good hopes. I hadn't played uh, seriously since Diamond and Pearl, mm-hmm. and Nintendo's rap. Uh, like year wrapped came out today and actually logged in and I saw what it was and I had like pretty stagnant hours throughout the year in 2019 and then you see the month where Pokemon came out and it just (laughs) my bar skyrockets because like I was playing that game which was gonna sound lame for everybody else but I was playing that game until like 11 o'clock to like midnight which is really late for me like I go to bed at like nine o'clock so like I was up quote unquote all night playing this game (laughs) As, as someone who also has to wake up very early for work, the, the being up past 11 is the, that's like the danger zone for me right. physically. I don't, I'm not getting up okay when I'm Mm-mm. going to bed at 11, to put it that way. Uh, but okay, enough, enough Pokemon talk, enough uh, talking about your favorites uh, and your big boy Gengar, who is very good. He's a good, good boy. He's uh, a good boy, especially in Pokemon camp. I I have never played the Pokemon. Like, are you, you talking about like when? You have in a new game. Oh, yeah, when you like set up a camp. Okay, I've I only made a curry once, and ever since I made the curry, my Pokemon keep thinking about that curry, and I'm like, never again, you guys. Don't don't get used to that curry. I'm did not. Did you a chef. really play okay. the game? I guess not. <laughs> if I only did a camp one time, and then my my Grookey's like, hey, remember that one time we went camp? And I'm like, shut up, Grookey. <laughs> and he's it's I run a tight ship over <laughs> you're never gonna evolve a sylveon like that ah uh, fair enough they're never gonna like you <laughs> whatever they can sylveon can suck it anyway you big fucking dumb bow sylveon your bow is dumb Ooh, sylveon don't let kp hear you say that That's get the fuck girl. out of here with your, with your big dumb fucking bow how'd you evolve that bow is that part of the evolution <laughs> did you find that bow what the fuck uh i've always thought mm, th- mm, this is kind of an aside, but I've always thought Pokemon evolutions where the Pokemon get a thing is like, did he, is that part of the Pokemon or is that, did they just find that in the wild? Anyway, we're not here to talk about Pokemon, although I could. However, we're here to talk about fighting games and whatever's coming up, which we have Michigan Masters 2020 Perfect Vision. What's up? What's the deal with this? I keep seeing the MIM, the MIM 2020. 
It's making me feel everything I see about it. It's making me feel good. There's, it's got good vibes all around it. Well, that's what we aim for. Michigan Masters is literally just meant to be, you know, your house party tournament. Um, we don't have the big stage. We don't have the glorious pop bonus. But man, do we have a bar menu. <laughs> and this year, you can get crunk and do karaoke. Could you really ask for anything more? I don't think so. If it's one thing the FGC likes, it's karaoke for whatever. As someone who's not, I don't do a lot of karaoke, but anytime that with FGC friends, it's always like, it's karaoke time, right? We got to, we got to, we got to sing into the microphone, right? Uh, What's your go-to karaoke song of choice? Uh, I am such a lame anime nerd, and it's probably either the Love Live Snow Halation or it's an Idol Master. There's a song called uh, Aoi Tori, which is like this huge serenade, and like I start crying every time I sing it, but it's like it's still the best song to sing, and everyone's just like, why is she crying? Is she okay? And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> there is something very good and wholesome about the person who sings karaoke and cries during the karaoke. And especially when there's people in the room who like don't know that know you and they're like, oh, what the, is it, is it okay? Is everything okay? No, no, she just does this. This is, this is every Tuesday. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> No, that's very good. Uh, what else about Michigan Masters? Because we've talked about things that aren't fighting games around the tournament, but let, let's talk about the fighting games. What you got there? I, I'm really excited for our lineup this year. This year we swapped a bunch of games. Uh, we put in the Ultra Fight uh, to count to two. That was Jay's big addition. He always likes to switch up things. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really cool because it turned into, all right, Jay wants to run this game that I've never seen. I'm going to let him have it. You know, we had some games that had to get out the door anyway. And it's cool because I went from, cool, this random game to the developers coming to Michigan Masters from Japan. Oh, shit. We're just like, what? Hello? Like, every day we are just in awe that we're making arrangements for this Japanese indie game developer to come to our event. And he's just like, yeah, I can't wait to see Ultra, Ultra Fight on the big stage. And we're just like, how did you hear about our event? What? So, I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to, like, on the actual fighting game side. Like, getting to see, one, this gaming community that I've never, that I never even knew existed. And, but it's so niche and so tight-knit that the, the developer sees that it's a main game for an event. And they're just like, all right, time to pack my bags. Come to America. Gonna support all these U.S. players. And so, what's really cool about him is he's ready to meet everybody like he's so excited to meet the community and i'm pretty sure like i'm gonna try to talk to him and like we'll probably get like some casuals going and like people playing him because he streams the game almost daily and like he just plays on a lobby i'm going to ask you do you know offhand what the stream handle is what the where we can find it i do not um but if you go onto the michigan masters twitter which is mi masters fgc you will find us um, retweeting both the Ultra Fight Dekianta Twitter as well as his own personal tweet in Japanese stating that he's coming. And so if you give him a follow, you will actually get like notifications on your Twitter like when he streams because he does it like through Twitter. 
okay. off my hand. I don't know. No, that's okay. It'll be in the it'll be in the show notes. I'll find it after we're done here. For uh, sure. But speaking of Michigan Masters, though, you've got the website. Now, what's the mm-hmm. date? Because we haven't talked about the date. Michigan Masters is March 27th through the 29th. You really think I would have remembered that? Uh, I had to think about that for a second. I mean, I was so, looking yeah. right at it, and I, you going slow, I was like, do I have to do this? Do I have to, <laughs> do I have to toss it to her? I hope, I hope that I don't. I hope that I don't. <laughs> Listen, I'm doing everything else for that event. When people ask me the date, I have to go to the website. And the website. Listen, they as think someone, the website is for other people. It's for me. Uh, as someone who can't do anything without a calendar and things being set in it, uh, who's like legitimately has no idea. I don't know how a calendar works. Uh, my wife will... She... She always laughs at me because I don't. Maybe I maybe I shouldn't admit this into a microphone. Should I? Should hmm, what do you think? I always say yes. Okay. All right. Let's commit. So I don't. If you were to ask me, if you were to like say, if you were to point a gun at my head and say, say all of the months in a row, say all the twelve months as they occur, like it is a it's a coin flip of whether or not I'll be able to say them in the correct order or all of them in general. I just, I never learned all of the months. And then at some point it got to a point where it, it didn't seem necessary. <laughs> so I just, I never went back and did it. And I still, to, I just, I've never committed to, to putting that into memory because, you know, I'll probably be within hands reach for calendar at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know what month comes when. And my wife laughs at me because I would all like, I have to do like a, a memory thing to remember when her birthday month is because it's the second M month, which and I have to, it's a whole counting thing. I'm a very dumb man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I, we have our strengths and weaknesses. That's what I call it. And I feel confident admitting that to a microphone. Uh, the fact that anything gets done around here is a goddamn miracle. Uh, but Michigan masters, it's coming up. Uh, hotels. We all set, we all set there. All set. Hotels are actually a really interesting part about this event. Uh, we've never had to have two hotels before. Within Damn, the first week of registration, uh, we sold out all of the double rooms of our hotel. Mm. And that was the first for us. We were just like, oh, well, what do we do? Like, how do you how do you acquire a second hotel? Like, these are things we had to learn. And so it, it turns into what normally Michigan Masters is and I'm very open about admitting this because I really think TOing is a group effort um, of all the TOs in the country but I I do what I always do and I go to Rick the Hado and I go Rick I'm crying (laughs) I don't know how to do this please help send help I'm crying in all both characters And he always very calm is just like oh this is like this is how you would approach this like you're just gonna ask them for a room block and i'm like okay cool thanks dad <laughs> that's that's actually really funny to him be like no it's actually quite simple you just fucking ask yeah okay i have to go to burp my baby now good night <laughs> that sums uh, up most conversations with Rick and me. I, I mean, congr- by the way, congratulations to uh, Rick and Eidolon because of the new baby. 
uh, that happened recently, and and still, even with that going on, uh, like finding a venue for them and making it happen, uh, Combo Breaker that is, was like the skin of their teeth, man. They announced it, and then shit fucking blew up, man. Uh, yeah, but if anyone could do it, it was them. I always had full confidence that they would pull it yeah. off. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, having a baby is easy considering all of the children that they deal with in FGC. Uh, Ooh, you said it, not me. I mean, that's, I don't think that's even a hot, that's not a hot take. <laughs> like, y- y'all know. True. Y- y- y'all can't show up on time to like, uh, you, c- you guys can't wake up to be out of pool at, at 10 a.m., okay? Is, if Fuck Tira can be early for birth, y'all can show up to y'all pool on time. <laughs> that's fair uh but no uh the cool thing about that was cool and also like frightening thing as as you would know uh that they sold out of their hotel block within it was less than an hour of what mm-hmm. announcement to there's no rooms left was less than an hour and it was like damn that's got to be exciting at the same time like ah dang oh shit we gotta we gotta prep for this uh, yeah i i keep seeing tweets about it and people are going yeah so then the hour and 20 minutes i just want to set the record straight 40 minutes 40 <laughs> yeah. uh i don't know where y'all are getting an hour and 20 minutes maybe you were an hour and 20 minutes late and they were gone but no 40 minutes was the official sold out of the block opened like the rest of opened as much as they could and gone yeah the hour and 20 minutes was the time from when they announced that it was open to when they announced that there were no rooms left which which it took them a little bit of time to realize that everything was sold out uh which is fine the hotel probably didn't have time to tell them that the hotel was sold out uh, mm-hmm. and then rick was on the line like hey you know that wedding block can we just like move them out of the hotel and they can were they like leave? they were like yes of course sir anything for you sir uh so it's fucking wild hey, we're not here to talk about combo breaker though it's just exciting that shit like that can happen uh, and that people are excited to go to that event uh, is really cool. But people should be excited to go to Michigan Masters as well. Because as you say, uh, it seems like just a fun party of people who love fighting games and people mm-hmm. who just want to go enjoy themselves. Yeah, and I mean, really the latter is what we're about. We're about making this tournament be more than just a fighting game tournament. It's why we have um, Anthony from Tokyo Attack. It's why we have Dave from Psychic Drive there. Because we really like to take into account not only the people who come to play fighting games and who love fighting games so much, but also the people who might go, fighting games are okay, but like, what do I do with the rest of my time? And so like, that's why adding stuff like karaoke to me was really important and adding the Japanese rhythm games and all of the candy cabs that feature more than just your traditional fighting games, excuse me, is so important because that gives, may it be significant others, younger children that come with their parents or people, let's be real, who go 0-2 in like 15 minutes. Like, now you have something else to do. You don't just sit and just wallow in your sadness or be bored. You can go and do your own thing and have a great time. You can make the most of your spectator pass And for me, as an event organizer, when I joined this team for Michigan Masters, that was always my big vision is make something for everybody. Because I remember my mom being like, I don't have anything to do. This sucks. 
And now she's actually coming to Michigan Masters this year. And she's just like, she's excited to just people watch. That's what she likes to do. But she's also really excited to try like all the Japanese rhythm games because like she's just like, I just want to press buttons and like all the buttons are so big and I can't see. And I'm just like, okay, mom, this nice. They're big and bright and the colors are flashing and the sound is going off and yeah. oh, it's just all overwhelming. Uh, yeah, FGC moms, man. Shout out to FGC moms uh, and dads. Uh, but because you're throwing a big fun party like this, uh, the issue always comes up of safety of the people who are at the event. Mm-hmm. So like, could you talk to me about what uh, an event organizer has to think of in terms of making sure that everyone is safe? Cause it's not something that a lot of people can say. They just think, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to show up and press buttons and we're going to have a good time. But actually there's kind of a lot you have to consider. Yeah. Um, the first thing that comes with creating a safe environment and like making sure that that stuff is okay is having that safe environment. Um, the biggest downfall to when things happen at fighting game tournaments is that victims feel like no one's going to listen to them and no one's going to believe them. So it goes unreported. Uh, we, our first and foremost goal was to make sure that we had a very open environment and people knew if you came and you told me something happened, I will drop everything. I can be in the middle of top eight and I will like drop that bracket and just be like, it's top eight. Y'all can read. I'm going to be back like later. This is more important. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the first step of making sure that these events are safe, that people know that they can come up to the event organizer and they're not going to get ignored. The second thing is having a watertight code of conduct. And I think this is the biggest thing that I really see lacking out of tournaments is yeah. you really have to spell things out for people. And like one, you have to spell it out for legal purposes which is something I'm still learning every day and I'm not perfect and I won't admit to being perfect, but it is something that I painstakingly spent hours on trying to be very detailed. Um, I've learned a lot from Rick and I've learned a lot from other event organizers because I used to work in the con, like the anime convention industry too. So I've learned a lot from a lot of mentors. And so it, by having that watertight code of conduct, uh, you make it really clear to your attendees And what that does is that sets a standard. Hmm. And when people read that code of conduct and they go, man, this is a book. They're serious. That kind of like shake alone of seeing how detail oriented or detail oriented you are. That puts attendees in a different space of mind. And I don't think a lot of people really realize that. What exactly do you mean? Because as someone who who deals with people not reading things, what is the what's your take on that? Uh, well, people don't read. I have learned that in my few years of being a true event organizer. People don't read. No. But what people do see is they don't read the words, but they do see how long something is. <laughs> okay. All right. It's and more they of get like an afraid of it. Okay. All right. Exactly. And so it's. I mean, like, a verbatim quote from an attendee once is just, they said, I didn't read the code of conduct, but I saw that it went, it, like, spanned an entire web page length. There was lots of bullet points and subsections. That's when I knew y'all didn't play any games. Hmm. And having a detailed, like, just having text, 
is enough for people to actually get the idea. It's it's why I pretty much very confidently say, I know one day something is going to happen at this event. I know I can't avoid it. But what I can say is that if it does happen, it'll be rare and in between. It will not be commonplace as it is at some other events. Because right. at least for some of these big events, three or four things happen every single year. Most of them go unreported. I happen to know about it, you know, being, you know, female presenting, like women confide in me. And so I know about a lot of things. But I, I have to say it, I have never gotten any reports about Michigan Masters. And it's kind of because, in my own words, our code of conduct is that I wish you would. Right. Like you, you see how detailed we are. Don't think we won't find out and think you will go unscathed. The, and, uh, the other end of that. And I kind of want to, I want to maybe not challenge, but at least like bring up what the typical argument is, mm-hmm. is, well, why wouldn't they report it? And why is it important to have someone that people can come to if there's not going to be like legal recourse or something like that? I, I, I'm tossing it. I'm not coming from the perspective of, of I that. I'm just don't tossing think I it. understand like, like if, if something were to happen, let's say, and why is it important to have, like the, the reason why things don't go on unreport or the reason why things go unreported is that things may, might not feel safe at your event. So what, like the whole making thing, Maybe I'm, I've lost myself in my own words here. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> let me reel this one back. Uh, because it is, it's an issue of what you said is that a lot of things don't go reported because people don't believe anything will be done about it. Uh, and a lot of the times there is no like legal back end to that. But having a someone like yourself who is front facing and open about all of this stuff and has a long code of conduct that makes things pretty clear of what is and is not uh, acceptable at the event is a step that you've taken to make sure that people are more comfortable with stepping forward and speaking up. Mm-hmm. Sorry um, for putting words in your mouth if that's the, the case. No, you're, you're completely right. Um, I, I think if I had to really like narrow down like what you said to like a question to like respond to is I I think I haven't had to invoke it yet. And I guess what I want to say here is that, yeah, at most tournaments, there's no legal action. Um, that's not the case at Michigan Masters. Um, may it be known to anyone listening or not or to you yourself, but I've been victims of multiple sexual assault cases. Like this is this is something that literally I grew up with. I'm very familiar with dealing with the police about this. So if something happens at Masters, oh, you best believe we're going to the police. You best believe we're getting somebody tested. And believe me, if I find you, we will press charges. Don't try okay. it. Because it's I'm well-versed in this. And it's just like... The, the thing that is also important is, one, I, I want people to be able to confide in me and tell me everything that happened. Because at the end of the day, I have the confidence that, like, I can fight the cops about this. Because it's like the thing that sucks is the second barrier of these situations is the cops kind of suck. And they don't always want to take people seriously. Yeah, that's not how that works with me. Like, I grew up in a very rough part of Wisconsin. 
Um, I've dealt with the police my entire life. Oh, I've really learned how to talk to these cops and be like, oh, no, you're not going to downplay me. You're going to sit and you're going to do your job. We're going to get this report right and you're going to do your job. And we're going to get to the bottom of this. That's cool. So uh, if I could maybe press you on that a little bit to get into further detail, but what sets Michigan Masters apart from like a legally speaking, uh, maybe this has something to do with the, the tight code of conduct apart from, uh, other tournaments that you've seen other or other events, let's say. Mm. It's Not, really hard to like make the comparison because like, right. No other, I don't know of any other tournament like that has a game plan. And like, it kind of, it's really hard to say this without kind of coming off as like, I'm dogging on other tournaments, but like the reality is, as far as I'm aware, no other tournaments have ever taken that step before or is ready to take that step that I'm aware of. And so it's just like, but for the most part, no one really knew that we were ready to take that step and maybe they are. But I think the one thing that to me really sets us apart is I'm very vocal about it. Like I'm very vocal about the fact that like I will do my best to help you and to find you and to press legal action against this person i am ready to ruin this person's life who did who did something to you and i do not care and a lot of this comes from like evo i was so ready to find who drugged people at evo Mm -hmm. i won't go into why that was ruined because i would end up really slandering somebody's name and i'm just not going to do that publicly okay but um but like I was so devoted to figuring this out. I stayed an extra day. Like I took time off of work and sat and talked to police day in and day out. I was ready. I did not care whose life I was gonna ruin because they made they they messed up. They were gonna pay for it. Right. It like didn't really work out that way. Doing a but, crime should have consequences. Exactly. Uh, and it it is unfortunate that we live in a situation where you need to be so adamant to make sure that just as a citizen, that justice is carried out. Uh, but that's kind of what we are. Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of what things are like right now. But let me kind of toss it to you this way. Then if other events wanted to be prepared or wanted to offer the same kind of safety, uh, what would you recommend that like steps to take to, to make sure that they're prepared? Honestly, it's super easy peasy. Talk to the talk to the police station closest to your event. Um, I know a lot of people don't don't like me saying that like I'm publicly in contact to the police, but I mean like let me preface it with this. Look, I get it. I'm black too. I don't like the police, but guess what? At the end of the day, your people's safety means more to me, and I'm gonna grit my teeth and deal with the police because guess what? At the end of the day, those are the people that. Even if they don't always help us, that's the only entity that I can go to to get you the justice that you need. And so that's what I'm going to do. I won't make the attendee do it, but I'll do it as your proxy. And I'll do as much as I can for you because at the end of the day, that's the right thing to do. That's the most help that I can give you. Right. Because the alternative to that is like Twitter isn't the police. There's no legal recourse what can happen via social media blowback. That's just... It's not really a thing, but we have to go through these. We have to go like through the police, the people who can do something about it uh, from a legal standpoint, which I suppose is what it is. But 
I don't know if there are any other organizers out there who are having that conversation before their event to say, hey, this is a situation that might occur. Uh, just want to throw it out there. We don't expect something to happen at our event, but just want to make you guys aware. Yeah, and it's it was, I mean, we talked to our local police station and we talked to an officer that was basically going to be on call for us for the weekend. Cool. They were like, I'm working all entire weekend. Here's my number. If you need me to come, I will come. I will not come. He he was not going to come suited. Plain clothes. He was not going to Yeah, he was going to come plain clothes. And he said he would leave his gun in the car um unless like we voiced that there was an active reason for him to bring it. Like it's really that easy. And like we've also talked to I didn't talk to our local cops about this. I talked to um Milwaukee cops about this, but police station to police station like the the protocol really doesn't vary but like i talked to like a local cop about hey i run this event in the case that you know a sexual assault happens what do i need to make sure that i bring to you that we can actually get something done and like i've had that conversation and so that's why i'm so readily prepared for that if if that kind of thing does happen like i know what i need to get from the victim to bring to the police to write a report that could actually result in excuse me, action, should the victim want to take action. Right. That's uh, that's awesome. And I think that for the event organizers out there who are listening, who have not taken those steps, maybe it is time to consider taking a step like that just to ensure the safety of your event and for the people who are attending your event. Because, I mean, we do want to have a good time. We want to have fun. We want to enjoy ourselves. That's what Michigan Masters seems to be all about. But, mm-hmm. you know, when they, when you have that confidence behind uh, the safety of your event, just uh, it's a good peace of mind. Not yeah. saying that it's going to prevent something terrible from happening. It's just knowing the right steps to take if something does is a huge difference than not having not then a <laughs> huge difference as opposed to uh, being the largest fighting game tournament that there is and then not having a response at all uh right. I, i'm not gonna press you into saying anything on that i'm just saying that it's it's a complicated situation that is shouldn't that shouldn't be for, for what it's worth, when it comes to the ye old, big old biggest tournament in the world, um, I will say that the people directly associated with Evo really did do their best. Um, there's a lot of slander that goes on online about saying, why didn't Evo ever say anything? Right. Um, as one of the direct victims of the drugging, I know why they didn't say anything. And like maybe the the general public doesn't agree with it at the end of the day the victims really wanted to handle it in the quiet and deal with it and that's all that matters the right. victims didn't want anything else said about it it doesn't care it, like it doesn't matter what you wanted the victims were safe the victims were okay with the result i mean like not really but like they understood right. what happened because they were all the victims were directly involved what the general public wanted did not matter. It was just, it only mattered what was cool for the victims. Mm-hmm. If people really wanted an answer, if you really want to answer, go and ask the victims. But like, this is the one time I really say, please stop flaming Joey. Like literally, please stop. Because you know what? Joey did literally everything in his power. He is not the person that ruined that investigation. He did everything he could. But at the end of the day, that the place where it took where the drugging took place in the hotel that it took place 
are also are pretty much 80% to blame about why the result that we all wanted never happened. Mm-hmm. So and, it's, uh, just to set also, the record straight. I think it's also important to point out that for the public and for the people who heard about it, if you're if it if it made you angry, you it kind of doesn't matter because you're not the person who was hurt. The action that you take, like being angry on Twitter, isn't going to make that person's to hurt less you know there's not going to be an actual there's not going to be a tangible outcome to being angry on on social media especially it might even have a negative outcome of hey this person why don't you name a name then you're kind of like blaming the victim of like not doing something that you think that they should do even if you uh weren't involved in any way with the situation mm-hmm. so it just yeah. gets it's kind of got to watch yourselves a little bit out there folks like it's it's okay to be mad just make sure that your actions will actually have like tangible value at the end of the day I guess what I'm trying to say my idea is always if you're gonna be mad be mad over the cold hard facts don't be mad over speculation because I could have named names and like that's like the big thing is like there are a few people that were known more for the druggings outside of me. And they were like, name, names, name, names. Those people don't remember. I am the only person with a cognitive memory of the entire night. I think I'm the only person who can name names, which I just like to say one, no one ever asked me because they were way too focused on shaming the other girl that also got drugged. But it's at the same time, I could give you names. What does it do? What are you going to do? Flame them on Twitter? No, you do me no good. Listen, I'm an EO. If I know the names and I had proof that those were the concrete people because there was more to this situation than just who gave you your drink, believe me, I would have taken care of it. I don't need a Twitter mob. Nobody needs a Twitter mob. So nobody has to name names. And I really wish that mentality would stop because your Twitter mob does nothing. Mm -hmm. It's not powerful. It does get a lot of responses, though. It's good for that uh, that social media account. You can pump those it's, numbers up. Yeah, it it's good if no one's particular, particularly taking action when action can be taken. But I think 90% of the Twitter mobs are going after things that don't have an easy answer right. and don't have an easy solution. And it's just people assuming because they're uninformed, which is just takes me back to if you want to be mad, be mad about the cold, hard facts, not your speculation about what you think you can be done. Be informed before you get angry, which is why I always tell people I'm a very good brat. Like I'm a very good hothead You're because I'm educated be- before I get angry. I know I'm right by the time I'm angry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, you don't want the, you're the kind of person that you don't want to get into an argument with over mm-hmm. that, that sounds punishing. Uh, why subject yourself to that? Uh, <laughs> no, but like, I don't know. You bring up a, a thing that just comes up on the show time and time again is that people tend to be so angry on social media, but then there's, there's no actual like nothing actually comes of it. And if anything, it's done more harm than good. So mm-hmm. I would just, again, encourage people to look for 
what good can be done uh, and try to act if you can like like it's good to be like I guess maybe not good is the right word to say but like act like act local like if you can if you can impact change do so uh, if if people getting drugged at events makes you mad make sure that any events that you go to that's an impossibility uh, or you know talk to your tos make sure make sure that they have response like for all of this stuff like if you get angry about this stuff make sure that there's a like a tangible response something that you can actually do to make things better instead of just being mad because that being mad on twitter is not activism like that that ain't it uh all right i'll get off my soapbox i'll <laughs> sorry my my apologies I feel you. my my daily life is being on a soapbox don't worry is that because you're so short yeah probably <laughs> I'm so, no one's I'm gonna sorry. listen to me anyway if they like my voice doesn't project far enough. I really need the box to get the word out there. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm I'm very good with the comebacks of the short jokes. It's you know it's been you know what is it almost 23 years. Oh, don't worry, I got you covered. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, uh, but it, that does kind of lead into uh, the next thing that I kind of want to talk about is that to have like actual tangible action is that sometimes you need to ban people, and that can be a that can be a hard process because there's I don't know there's inherently a like a combative nature when you go to where someone does something that you believe is a bannable offense and you have to take action over it. Something just happened recently to to our community where I'm like, I need to nip this in the bud and make sure that, that this doesn't go any further. And if it does, uh, we'll have to actually take action. But from, from your perspective, what's like, uh, what would your advice be for people who are like thinking about running events and having the need to ban people? I think if you're going to ban someone, our biggest thing has always been if we need to ban somebody, there needs to be something tangible behind it. And what I mean by that is that we don't like our bans to only be like FGC backed up. Like we don't want it to be, yeah, we banned you from our event and like that's it. Like we just said you couldn't come. So don't come and like there's nothing else that can enforce it. Um, if you look at the lines of our bands, if you are aware of them, um, almost all of our bands were had a police report behind them. We had something tangible to say, no, you are not allowed at our event. There was a police report made. If you show up to our event, we have we it's not just us telling telling you that you need to go and there's nothing behind it. No, we have a police report. And if you come we we have a contact with the local authorities and we will make sure that you are not in our venue space because we banned you because you violated our code of conduct at such a high degree that we did not feel it was safe for you to be at our event hmm. and with all of our bands that is the case there is either there was either a police report made by us or in the case of something else there was uh, i don't know if that many I don't know how much I really want to say, but like, okay, but I guess the just, generic can, thing is that someone made a, an FBI tip about somebody and that person got banned. It was very quiet, but like, like that's the kind of thing that like I'm, I'm trying to get at is there was always something backing it up that made it just a not FG, 
not just an FGC band. We had something to also pull up and say, yeah, really actually don't show up to our event. Like we have like, we have legal forces behind it saying, no, you cannot come to our event. I was going to give you an easy out and say someone was just in in violation of the code of conduct and couldn't come back. And then you said the FBI. So I did. <laughs> yeah. And so like, right. I, I just like want to make it like really, I just really want to make it clear. Like we have existential backup for all of our bands. But and I, I think that's a really good first layer to try to have. Sure. And then, but then there's so much FGC drama. There's so much drama in my local. What do I do about the, the person who's causing drama? If it's your local, um, I kind of take that rule away. Um, I really only mean that on like big tournament standards. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's your local, that's kind of like when it does have to just be an FGC rule. But you kind of you kind of play the same game, but at a local level. You go, hey. What you did wasn't okay. And no one in this space feels comfortable. And say, so say you don't file a police report, but whatever venue you're hosting it at, you kind of communicate with them and they go, yeah, that kind of stuff isn't okay in our space. And so you have a backup of, yeah, we banned you from our local. And like, what we mean is that like, when we're running an event in this space, this space does not want you here. Like the owners of this space. And like, I kind of just struck, encourage everybody to have that second layer. Like if you really have to do it, because for the most part you do, but don't let it just be your word. Let it be your word plus a wall of reinforcement. Yeah. That's like a, having a, like an impartial third party be the arbiter between, well, I see, like, they they don't want you to be here. And, well, I can't. My hands might be tied on that one because right. this action isn't okay. And, well, this is where we're at right now. Uh, no, that's not a bad idea. Because um, things can get, let's put it this way. The the community, whatever however small your community is, is not going to live and die by the attendance or absence of one player. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes if that one player is like, maybe if you, maybe you should like write up a code of conduct for, for your local, maybe it's time for me to think about writing up a code of conduct for our online tournaments of, of how people are expected to act and have that run that against behavior, uh, to just say, well, it's not important to have you here if you are going to be this way. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know, but FGC is weird sometimes, and there's some, there's a lot of weird, we're all weirdos in our, in our own ways, but yeah. uh, anything else on that that you want to touch upon in terms of, uh, uh, basically if the action that the person took, like if your community is voicing to you that mm-hmm. someone made them uncomfortable, you as an event organizer are in a trusted position and whether or not you like it, it, you're in the position where you have to take care of your community. Mm-hmm. And basically, all I can say is don't let that community down because think if the roles were reversed. Someone made you really uncomfortable. Someone did something to you that made you not just really upset and like, you know, hurt your feelings, but said something that really cut deep, you know, or whether it's, you know, 
anti-LGBTQ, you know, someone's coming at the way you identify, someone's being really racist to you, like, really inappropriate things, like, you being treated like a subhuman, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want that to continue, you would want someone to tell them to stop, and if you say not stop, think about how you deal with it at work, would it be accepted at work? No, you bring it to your TO, you are the line of defense as an event organizer, and you need to be ready to uphold that responsibility because no one is going to make a safe environment if it's not you. And if you really care about your community, you're not going to tolerate that. And if you choose to go the route of you need to go grow thicker skin when the line that was crossed was anti-LGBTQ or like was racist... If you have the audacity to really say grow thicker skin, I would really just urge you to step down as an EO because you don't care about your community. You clearly care about something else that you're not going to help that scene. You're going to hurt that scene. Yeah, so in, in the long run, it will it will turn more people away than bring into your community. It is a it's a life of your community thing versus however the fuck you feel in your own mind. But, no, I I'm in big agreement with that, and I think that that's a pretty good place to end the conversation. Unless there's anything else that you want to touch upon that you didn't get to talk about uh, in this time. Uh no, I think that's pretty much it. I think the only last thing I can say is um, I could talk about code of conduct stuff all day. So um, if there's anyone who ends up listening to this who wants to talk more shop about this. Uh, definitely feel free to reach out to me on any of my socials and I will gladly have a very long conversation with you about it because I think it is so important and it is so easy to accomplish that it it's I'm amazed at how illy handled it's that it's being handled in 2020. So right. if you just want tips about how to do it, feel free to reach out to me. My DMs are open on pretty much every single platform. Awesome. That's great because I think that there is a lot of nitty gritty to dive into, uh, especially when you're you've got such a long code of, and it's uh it's daunting. It's uh, it's a little scary, a little frightening. So maybe if I'm uh, coming to Michigan Masters thinking that I'm going to cause some trouble, I see a long list like that. Maybe not. Maybe not the case. All right, that will just about do it for us. Uh, but before we go. Before I let you go and get back to uh, hugging your Gengar, uh, I have to ask you a line of questioning uh, that I think can tell a lot about a person by the way that they answer it, uh, and it comes in two parts. Uh, the first part of the question is, what is your favorite normal attack in any fighting game and why? And I haven't played fighting games in six years. You think I know the answer to that question? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that is the life of a TO, honestly. Uh, if you could maybe like ponder, if you could like ponder a guess, perhaps. What's the no. normal? Like a like any like any attack, really anything, really anything that uh, I've allowed people to answer this question any way that they want. I've had people say, actually, I like this super as it's like it's own move so really any sort of attack that, uh, that suits your fancy 
I liked Tao's overdrive in BB Tag. I like that she just lunges at you. Um, it definitely was very unsafe, but like if anyone played against me in Blaze Blue six years ago, you know, for some reason, I would always start the round with overdrive, which was dumb because like I'm sure it was negative some amount of frames and uh, I got countered every time. But guess what? I didn't stop. That's like your your opening gambit of they won't be blocking low here. Aha. <laughs> Watch this. Uh, that's funny. Uh, then maybe I'll press you into answering the second part of this question is what is your favorite combo in any fighting game? You don't have to be able to do the combo. Uh, it's it could just be anything that you like to look at something that sounds good to you or something that is just visual flair. It's really up to you. Uh, okay. So my favorite is in Undernight. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that I've been playing Undernight for a long time and I liked Byakuya before Clearlamp was popular. I just happen to like Clearlamp because he <laughs> plays Byakuya. But like when he does the combo where he like gets you into the spider webs and then just like destroys your life and then he just throws you to the ground multiple times because Byakuya's throat for some reason you can just keep doing it it just like doesn't connect but like it's real smooth that that's the best combo like you just got caught in three webs you're stuck in a cocoon you get like record you get thrown up into the air you get down to the ground you recover and you're immediately thrown back onto the ground in the most disrespectful like action i don't know if you know biaki's throw but he just like grabs you by like your shirt like an anime and just throws you to the ground like you're trash it's the best <laughs> i like that's a really good answer uh i think yeah you described that well enough that i think it it painted a good visual painted a word picture for uh, for the listeners out there uh, about what you like in a combo. Uh, all right, with that, though, that is it. That is all the time we have today. Uh, but before we go, uh, Gleason, where can people find... Remind people again where they can find you on the internet. Every single social platform there is. May it be Twitch, may it be Steam, may it be... Twitter, I'm running out of social media platforms, but it is either Icy Glacian, spelled I-C-E-Y, not properly, because I didn't know how to spell 10 years ago. Okay, I was going to say, I'm like, because I I initially wrote it the correct way and was like, wait a fucking minute, that ain't, that ain't it. All right. (laughs) Don't love that 10 year old me. I'm not going to judge a 10 year old child for being dumb because 10 year old children are just dumb. That's okay. They're just mad dumb. Um, But yeah, Icy Glacian (laughs) on pretty much every single platform except for Twitter where I am the Icy Glacian because some RPer has my tag, but not for long. Your account's been active for six years. I'm coming for that tag. Nice. Yeah, because they are going to, there's going to be a purge soon enough, folks. Don't. people out there who've been sitting on the names just you wait and see all right folks that is a show uh look out for michigan masters it's coming up soon and the links will be in the show notes uh all the information you find down below and wherever the fuck you're listening to this on it's on everything uh you can find me at super joe monday or at red sf on twitter.com or hop on to our street fighter joe underscore monday i'm a mod at our street fighter really anything you say uh i'll see it if it's on there and if you're a fucking asshole you will be banned uh but anyway that is the show folks uh catch us next time on another edition of rsf radio but until next time folks take care